Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Hi there. Welcome to SG Engage podcast. I'm Ashley Sweeney. I'm part of the BlackBot team that works exclusively with leading healthcare organizations. I'm excited to be guest hosting this episode in which we'll focus on the ever-changing role of database administrators. For years, we know the role of development operations and advancement teams has been perceived as data-driven, technology-focused within the nonprofit world. As technology and nonprofits and the way we fundraise has significantly changed over the last few decades, so have the advancement team's role in that department. The role of the operations team is changing so much, it presents an incredible opportunity for both individuals and organizations. Today, we're going to have that conversation And before we get started, I'll give you a little bit of uh, my background. I am a solutions engineer here at BlackBot, so I work on the team that helps um, to talk about our products and to work with clients specifically related to those conversations. And prior to coming to BlackBot, I was a database administrator for about 15 years, working with a few different types of organizations, but primarily healthcare. And so my role over that time took ownership of, you know, the reconciliation with our finance teams, with working with marketing for digital communications and strategy, working with our major gift teams and analytics and direct mail. So operations really, from my perspective, had a hand in so many different components in the entire foundation and nonprofit that I worked. And so today I'm very excited to introduce two of the people that I will be having this great conversation with. I'd like to first introduce Louis Morales, Senior Director of Information Strategy at Anne and Robert H. Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. Louis, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the value that you see today's operations team offering? Hi, Ashley. Thank you for hosting this episode. I've been working in nonprofit in various operational roles for about two decades. Currently, I'm at Lurie Children's and my team consists of uh, research prospect development data analytics, and data operations. And the value I see the operations team offering is a collaboratively ensuring that our clients, our colleagues, have the knowledge context they need to make strategic data-driven decisions. Awesome. Thank you, Louis. I I completely agree. I'd also like to introduce Deb Taft, CEO of Lindauer. And Deb, I know that I've cut that short, so you have to give me the full name of the company. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role now um, at Lindauer? Absolutely. Great to be here. Great to be with you both. I am a a longtime leader in the nonprofit arena in a range of healthcare, education, and charity organizations, and then moved um, a few years ago now into professional services, first to consulting, and then to Lindauer, or Lindauer Global, as some people know it, one of the premier global search firms in in the nonprofit arena. We have watched this field, I have watched this field, but we have watched this field of advancement services, data and analytics evolve dramatically in the years that I've been in the role. Um, And then, of course, leading um, and working with so many nonprofits around the world. I think this is one of the most important, exciting arenas and the value of the operations team is is different and and differently valued than it was a year years ago as a profound driver really of nonprofits and advancement results. Awesome. Thank you, Deb. So I'm excited to get right into our conversation today. 
Um, we all agree, and we've we've spoke before, Lewis, Deb, and I, about the operations team at a nonprofit and their value. And we feel that the operations team is valuable, no matter what the role, what you're working with, what departments you're focusing on within the organization. So, Lewis, starting with you, as a leader, how do you feel the operations team should be or is creating value at your organization? If for me, the operations teams can create value by enriching conversations. It's about being more than just fulfilling requests and mailing lists and reports. We are the subject matter experts for the organization of data, integrations, trends, and et cetera. And we can make conversations more strategic and planning more fruitful by providing that type of expertise. I've had the privilege of working with many great consultants like Deb, and I've learned their approach and how they come in and solve problems. So my approach and mindset is, is very similar. My team, I encourage my team to work as an internal consulting company and the different business units at the foundation are our clients. We take the time to build relationships, take a page uh, how gift officers use relationships and apply those tactics to understanding the needs of the different business units so that we can provide a better service, output, and hopefully decisions. That's awesome. And I completely agree with that thought. I think it's great that you as a, a leader in that op, in your organization and operations to have that mindset, because I think it's really valuable for the people that are working for you as well to know that that's the position that you you have there. Deb, you were saying previously that leaders in the organization, the next level up outside of operations, um, play a key role here as well. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting being in this, in the, in the work now as seeing it from a career perspective, because I do think that each professional needs to manage their own career, but leaders need to break down these silos and rethink who's in each meeting, rethink the agendas, who's getting airtime, how we make sure that gift officers and frontline fundraisers perhaps, or alumni leaders are hearing from their database and operations colleagues and understanding both perspectives. We need both to get to the finish line. We need to put data and operations teams and team members in conversations where they can create change and impact, have an impact, need to understand what gift officers are experiencing, and then they can help enact that change. So really listening to each other, learning to listen to each other. It's also a matter of leaders knowing that that they need to manage and develop DBA talent. Um, you know, I think about where you started, Ashley, and it's been such a joy to watch your career and, and you beginning to, I mean, you really leading in the field right now is so exciting. And that's been about making sure that you got put into the engine room all the way along and into the right conversations over the years with leaders um, with whom you were working. Professionals also need to ask to be at the table. And that can be scary, right? People who are advancing the field, even if they're staying in database administration, still need to learn to communicate the importance of what they are doing so that others can hear it and understand it. And we come together at these tables to solve problems. So I just, I want to make sure that everybody's hearing that communication skills here are vital. The ability to communicate with colleagues and leaders is critical. We're seeing it as a really critical skill in the hiring arena right now for cross-functional working teams to stop throwing the things over the fence at each other and start to get to know each other um, and, and, and communicate what's really going on. So it, this is exciting, exciting work. I appreciate that, Deb. I, 
I agree. And I um, will give our listeners just a little bit of a history um, lesson. So Deb and I used to work together at the start of my career. And I think everything that she just said holds so true to me because it was really important. And I guess now more so I'm seeing how important it was to be able to have people in leadership roles, whether it was my direct supervisor or leadership all the way up to the department that really saw the value in the work that I was doing, even just starting out as a gift processor, to be able to see that we brought so much value to the team and to be able to invest in us made me as an individual want to invest more in myself. And I really feel like having that enablement from the top down was something that helped me to want to pursue a career in this field and made me a little bit more passionate about it. I think on the opposite end, you know, it can be real detrimental to our DBAs and people in operations when you have leadership that might just, and, and really, you know, not just leadership, but just individuals that you're working with that might not see the value of a DBA. Because if our role is perceived as someone that is just sitting in front of the computer all day, and that's where we need to be, and we need to be in the database, it really is hurtful to kind of where our skills can help the office. And you know, Lewis, to your point, some of the things that you said, being that internal consultant, I love the way that you put that, because I feel like for all the times as a DBA myself, that's sort of how I saw myself and how I saw my team. You know, we are in that data day to day. You can ask us almost anything about the constituents that are giving and what they're giving to because we see it and live it and breathe it. And so there's so much that an operations team can provide back, whether it be to your digital team and coming up with strategy and new ideas and stories to tell, um, or to your major gift officers to find those those nuggets in your database of people that may have been giving for a long period of time and and have had that longstanding relationship or have that hidden wealth, it really needs to be, I think the role really needs to be something that's ever-changing, that's going to have the ability to adapt to the new ways that we're fundraising. I know when I started as a gift processor, online fundraising was next to nothing and now look at it. So I, I think having operations teams and people in all different roles within the operations to be able to be involved and have that seat at the table is really going to be helpful for that person's individual growth and for the organization's growth. Lewis, what do you have to add to that? No, I think the cross-functional team idea is really where I got my start. And I also benefited, just like you, Ashley, for having managers that embraced me moving outside the box, wanting to know what I was seeing in the data. So I was more than just the person to clean the data, more the person to just, just handed a report to someone. I was not only handing the dashboard, but I was interpreting the dashboard, what it meant, what I was seeing. I was incorporating outside data to kind of put things in context for folks. Um, but I, I, I benefited greatly from, from folks like Deb who took me under their wing and let me grow. And I'm, what I'm seeing as a way in, if you don't have a way in, is cross-functional teams and communication and showing your value. I think that, you know, when you're taking that mailing list, just don't, don't do what's written on the page. Ask questions. Get into the business unit, what they're trying to achieve so you can help inform that request. And it's not just checking a box that I did the work and here's your email back. Um, and, and just having that collaborative spirit, I think, goes just such a long way to opening the door to being part of strategy. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's a misperception, too, that there is maybe sort of one type of person that kind of fits into these roles. Because, I mean, I think as a DBA, I'm not a number person. I, I need to use a calculator for everything, right? And you might have a perception or someone might have a perception that DBA is someone that likes to sit in front of a computer, not have conversations, really likes crunching numbers. And that's not me. I'm creative and I am an A-type personality and I love having conversations and socializing and really being able to feel connected to the mission. 
I think sitting in front of a computer all the time is something that can potentially get you away from the mission and make you forget about, you know, the importance of what you're doing. And so, you know, again, back to that individual's kind of involvement and how passionate they are about their role, being more involved in the in the mission and being able to work with those people kind of where they feel comfortable as well. It's not just one type of person that fits into this role. And that's so important for people either starting their careers or even longer into their careers, um, because, you know, I can speak very confidently, if I didn't have someone like Deb at the beginning of my career, I don't know where I would be today because I, if I didn't have that support, it really would have changed my perception of what I was supposed to do and what I would be able to do. And starting that out, you know, at that age and at that point in my career, I could have taken a turn and gone somewhere else. And I'm so happy and so grateful that I haven't, and I've, I've stuck with it. And now I'm, I'm in this role that I'm in now that I really, really, truly love and wouldn't be in without the experience that I've had. You know, Deb, uh, you've, you've contributed yeah. so much to that. What are your thoughts? Well, I just, I, I, I actually, I wanted to build on a couple things you said, Ashley, because I think I, I said in, at the outset that I think this is one of the most important, interesting arenas in which to work right now in the field. And I, I just believe that so much because if you think about it, it, there isn't just one type of person who's successful in this. There are so many different types of jobs and so many different types of opportunities. Yes, you need the data geeks. I love my data geeks. You need the interpreters, the people who make that information come alive for people and help them translate and, and walk a bridge from what the data is to what it means. People who love the detail, people who are wonderful, you know, geeky thinkers, creative thinkers like you, Ashley. AI is blowing the doors off lots of arenas right now and how that's all going to be in integrated across our work. There are those who love policy and procedure. There are really deep considerations around ethics and then strategists who love to pull it all together. And I just, I want to go back to something you said, because even if you're a person who loves to sit by the computer and actually feel most comfortable there, I really will urge people to develop the communication skills. I'm not saying you have to stand up in front of a room of 10 people or 20 people or 50 people. You may not be comfortable, although I encourage people to develop those skills, but it might just be walk down the hall and, and talk to Ashley, talk to Lewis, talk to others in your team and develop the relationships. It will make all the difference when you get to the decision making stages or you're trying to get a project over the finish line. I also think that one of the most important topics in the industry right now is how to think about diversity. And I just want to make sure that we get this topic in here, how to think about diversity in our donor and prospect pools. I'm hearing some amazing conversations from DBAs right now, and you're really leading in critical ways. We spent years focusing on not capturing data about uh, people's diverse lived experiences. We've been super careful and understandably, but there's a movement in APRA and AASP and other leading associations to really encourage data leaders to rethink policies and regulations. Are we actually engaging diverse audiences? Do we have diverse supporter journeys in our work? And if we can't actually be able to encourage people to express and, and record with us their diverse lived experiences, can we measure and can we respond to their needs and make sure that we are inclusive in the way that we design our program? So I just wanted to, I know that was a little different than what we were talking about, but I, I wanted to be sure we got it in here today. No, I completely agree with you. And I think on so many different levels, it's, you know, 
people from all sorts of backgrounds can contribute to this role as in as within any nonprofit role. And I think operations, just because that's where my experience has been, is such a diverse role in and of itself because you have so many different types of nonprofits that you can work with, right? So we all have some experience with healthcare. I've also worked for arts and cultural organizations, general nonprofits and human aid groups. And I think it's different even within those organizations, right? A DBA here is not so much a DBA there. And there are so many different types of skill sets. I remember one specific organization that I worked at and I was the development operations manager. And I was intimidated because there was someone else in the department who knew how to use Excel so much better than I did. And I just remember thinking, well, I'm the database manager. I should know that. I I should be the one that knows it better than anyone else. And it it, at the end of the day, it didn't make a difference. I brought to the role what I brought to the role, and that helped advance the organization in so many different ways. And that other individual helped me to learn more about Excel and helped their department to do the things they needed. But there was no competition. There was no, um, there was no reason for us to, or for me to feel sort of that inadequate because I didn't have a skill set that I perceived that I needed to have, or I didn't come to the table in a certain way. And so I really feel like, you know, if there is anyone out there listening to this that is thinking, you know, oh, there was that job that looked really interesting, but it says I need this and this, but I have this and this instead, or don't sell yourself short. I know a couple of times in my career, I think I might've done that. I think I might've thought, well, I don't know if I would be the best fit for this role. And then coming into an organization and spending time there, I really truly feel every organization that I left, I left in a better spot. And I feel like I contributed significantly to the bottom line and to the the health of that organization. So I think anybody can really take, you know, an interest in development operations work, whether you're a data person, whether you're creative, whether your background is different than mine, whether you've come from all sorts of different types of experiences. I know earlier in my career, there were people that didn't work in nonprofits and then came over and said, what do we do here? And they were some of the most successful people I met. So um, I completely agree with you. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Deb, do you, Lewis, have any thoughts on that? No, I'm glad you said that because the first part of my career, I spent a lot of time trying to learn numerous programming languages because I needed to know. I felt that uh, I needed to be able to write R or VB or SQL. And I spent a lot of time trying to do that. And it took me a long part of my career to get comfortable with what I, I don't know. It, it, and I, learning how to hire smart people who do know or outsources to, uh, if you have the resources to consultants that can come in and fill that void for you. And so I, I think that as you grow in your role, being a leader is part of it and leadership skills and acknowledging what you don't know and hiring for what you don't know and hiring smarter people than you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay because we can learn from each other because I have different things that I can teach someone and I hope I can glean some things from them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And nonprofits yeah. are changing. They're changing a lot. And there's also a lot of free content out there. That's There's some really valuable, there's some not so good content, but there's a lot of great content out there from some of the professional associations and other ways to learn. And yes, you can change jobs. You can also grow often in your own organization by asking your, your boss or your leaders or your colleagues, where could I get this? Where could I learn this? And people see that well. Uh, you know, I, I hope most leaders lead that way. And um, it's the growth in this field is so exciting. I'm Thank you for doing this podcast today. I think this is a really important topic for us to be talking about and, and encouraging people to, to fall in love with this work and stay in this work. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I am so 
so very grateful to both of you for taking the time out of your day to have this conversation. As you may or may know, I know, Lewis, we've only recently met. Deb and I go back a little bit, but I'm really passionate about this role. I've grown up so much in this role, and it really means a lot to me to be able to communicate with people that are currently in this role or looking to be in this role to let them know it's a really exciting job. Um, it was when I started, and it is now, and for so many different reasons. It's such an evolving position and where fundraising is changing, it's just giving more opportunity for people in these roles to exceed and to excel in different ways. So I think it's helped me grow a lot and to be able to have conversations like this. I don't think 15 years ago I would have had, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do this so confidently, but you guys are just such great people to talk to. So I really, really, really can't thank you enough for sharing your expertise. To our listeners, I really, really hope you enjoyed this. Stay tuned for more great episodes on SG Engage and we'll hear from you soon. Thanks. 